Well, I'm putting the graphics man for Premier Sports 2 down to Tottenham Hotspur Academy graduate. Why is that coming up? I've never seen anything like this. Spurs have spent an absolute fortune on hype men and they've infiltrated every media outlet in the fucking country. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Would you want to bet against us? Against us? That morning sky gave me a look. So I left while you were sleeping. That's all it took. Aston Villa have a knack for late goals now, and I like it. <laughs> December madness is over, legs are being rested, others are getting up to speed, Kamara is back, Cash is adding a shooting dimension to his game, and most importantly, most importantly, Aston Villa have won one game in the FA Cup since Tim Sherwood was taken away from us. And that was a Tim Sherwood team, a Tim Sherwood built team, really, that won that match. So I don't even know if we can point that. I mean, it, it was managed by Remy Garden, fairness, but it was still, <laughs> it was still Tim Sherwood fingerprints all over it. So I'll take any goddamn FA Cup third round victory, considering <laughs> you have to go back to our worst ever season to remember one, and a lot has happened since then. Oh, the magic of the cup, eh? Okay, I think. I... I'd rather watch Loris Karius attempt some sleight of hand tricks. I mean, that was as about as interesting as picking up fifty-two cards from the fucking floor, to be honest. And I, I know, I know, Borough have a have a much bigger game during the week, and I know it's against Chelsea, so they have a genuine shot of getting to a final. And I know, I know, we're much better than them, have better players, and play at a higher level every week, and have had a, have a two-week break now as well. They look forward to, so I know, I know all that. But what the fuck was that about? Like, what was Michael Carrick playing at? It was such a strange setup, so incoherent. Like they were playing it out from the back so they could get into position to knock it 70 yards down the pitch. We were just standing there then on the ball once we collected that 70-yard pass. And But even with all the things I just said, I'm a bit disappointed in Carrick. I mean, I was, I was really enjoying how Middlesbrough and Ipswich were doing last year because it really shone a light on how goddamn awful Ole Gunnar Solskjaer <laughs> must actually be. <laughs> But but like but as a, but as an aside, I don't know why I'm that surprised. Do you know when I do you know when I really knew Man United were finished? It was when their friends started, or when their fans started talking about my friends. Unfortunately, started talking about Michael Carrick as being indispensable. Like you know, started talking about Michael Carrick as if he was fucking jabby. And Michael Carrick was fine. Like Michael Carrick was a decent player, kind of. I know that. But this this was after years they spent deriding him. And they'll all pretend they didn't now. But I remember, Conan. I remember because I was there. They hated him for six or seven years because all they did was play the ball five metres inside. And then they started talking about him as their best midfielder, that they needed someone to play alongside Carrick. I mean, if he was able to log on to Twitter, I'd say Paul Shaw would have choked on his fucking toenails reading that. Michael Carrick is not a player to be building your team around. Michael Carrick was fine. And it turns out he's a fucking bang average football or manager as well. <laughs> and yes, Conan, you're right. You would have to be the most discerning listener to realize that I've stopped talking about this match almost immediately after the podcast began. <laughs> yeah, the Michael Carrick thing just sort of happened overnight as well. It was like everybody agreed they would come to this conclusion about him. Everybody in the United fan base that... He was underappreciated or, you know, you, you're you not 
a smart football brain if you don't understand what Michael Carrick brings to the Man United team, that that sort of thing. The the, the unseen work, you know, that Glenn Whelan was always supposed to have done as well. It's 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 the passes <laughs> that aren't being played because of where he is. Is the one you'd always you'd always hear. But the, I actually have a weird history of going after Michael Carrick. I don't know why. Like, I know we like to talk about United every so often here when it's fun, but United were going all right for a period there when Michael Carrick was there. And my Twitter account... <laughs> the free Champions League finals in five years. <laughs> my Twitter account from back in the day is just laden with Michael Carrick abuse. It's so funny when you go through it. It's just like, what? I really had it in for him. I think maybe it was because he was wearing a number 16 jersey as well. It just didn't sit right with me that he had replaced Roy Keane and he was bringing that. There's just something about these players, you know, where they, they look just a bit uninterested. You know, they, 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 you know I like somebody who who likes it up him. You know I like somebody who shows a bit of passion, and Carrick never did for me. Yeah. Anyway, I was hoping you were really going to control your guest and get us back onto the match. But <laughs> well, there's only one goal we talk about, and we had to wait for 88 minutes to get it. And maybe it was inevitable that it would come from one of these corners that we were trying out. And this was a corner gone wrong. I would say the corner has gone wrong when it has to be Matt Cash taking a shot from 25 yards. Something somewhere along the way there has definitely not been ideal because it was Diaby and Douglas Louise playing a short ball. And Douglas Louise is under pressure when he gets it back and he has to just poke it to Cash. And (laughs) that ball's not coming back to anybody then once Matt Cash gets it. (laughs) (laughs) Once Matt Cash gets it in the opposition half, (laughs) <laughs> and he's winding up the shot from so far away. I think we were all probably like, not again. And it was going high and wide to the right, and it goes into the bottom left with a kind of flexion. And I'm absolutely delighted because, you know, as pissed off as I was at his decision-making there, as annoyed as I was at him for most of the game, it was just seeing the ball going into the net, avoiding a replay, getting a win in the FA Cup. It was like, yeah, fair play to you, fair play to you, Matt Cash. But, you know, going away with a finger in the ears, I would have to say, I mean, maybe that's Matt Cash's general problem, that he isn't listening. I wouldn't be leaning into that. Moussa Diaby continues his form from the last number of weeks and plays an absolutely <laughs> dreadful pass back to Dougie. Although, given how bonkers some of the routines have been recently, maybe the overhead pass to Dougie was all part of the plan, Conan. I don't know. <laughs> well, and what could be more bonkers than teeing Matt Cash up for a shot from the edge of the box? I'm starting to think this was part of it. And this is this really is thinking outside the box. I mean, like Leon Bailey whispering sweet nothings into Anana's ear will have brought Austin McPhee to mainstream attention. But this is just as iconic because there is no way Burrow could have expected this, could have prepared for this. Yeah. But, the weird thing, once the shot comes off his arse, Tom Glover goes down in that ball with all the enthusiasm. George and Love's partner goes down in his balls. I mean, it, 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 seems, it, it seems like he's frozen. He's bamboozled. And maybe maybe he was bamboozled. Maybe we have to rename the award. We played two short corners, the Matty Cash and Bamboozled Award. <laughs> because it was such a strange decision. And to have done it twice during the game. Let's just say I'm glad we got our award from it. Yeah, in fairness, they did. Tom Glover, like Matt Cash has, as he always does, just slashed at the ball and he's completely sliced it. It's going high and wide the other direction. It couldn't be it couldn't be a bigger deflection into a completely opposite place. Uh, and, but like, and, it, it, it hits off an arse though, Conan. Like there's a lot of shock absorption there. The ball is spinning towards him as well. It's like he's almost watching it, unsure of what it's gonna do. Coffee, you're a postman, you're a goalkeeper. <laughs> the build up to this goal was weird as well because uh, like 
I was in this frame of mind, especially as the game's going on. It's like, oh, look, you know, look the ball's down the left, and I can see on my TV screen from the sofa, Zanny O's free on the far side. I hit it to him. You know, it's just, just, just whack one. And But then Douglas Ruiz gets the ball, and he, he sees it, but he's not tempted. He gets the ball, and he gets it back. He gives it to somebody else, gets it back, and he moves us up the pitch in a controlled way. <laughs> it's like, thank God Douglas Ruiz has come on here. And then Matt Cash got the ball. It was really weird on the halfway line, and... He took a touch and he like went down like he was getting a breather. He bent over trying to get air on the ball. And then he rolled it to Kanza. And then he started he started like almost giving out to Kanza, pointing back to Martinez. And it was like, no, that's what you do. Let Kanza do something with the ball. <laughs> and he was pointing back, but then Kanza ended up working it to the left, and then Moreno ended up going forward and winning the Winning the corner and that, in fairness, that overhead pass. Sometimes they're good because they did, did draw defenders out. And I know we were creating space for cash, so it's not you know a brilliant routine. But this is the thing that Moreno I think brings all the time as well. He's just always in perpetual motion, just always going forward. He, he has to somebody has to go to him all the time. So even sometimes when he loses control of the ball, there's always something happens because he can poke it away. Somebody else can come in space is generated and behind the fence because Moreno just runs at people. Yeah, I remember Conza did something similar as well at the start of the year where he took a really heavy touch, but because he's so fast, so powerful, he got there anyway, but it had sucked the defender out of position, and that was the first time that their defence had been had been dragged out of position in that game, and at that stage you compared Conza to Messi. But I don't think that's <laughs> what was happening here. I think it was genuinely just a really, really bad pass from Diaby, and Douglas Louise was able to get off there. <laughs> And the only other talking point really from this match was the non-penalty. Moreno should have gotten a penalty. It was Isaiah Jones, I think, brought him down. Clear as day. If VAR is there, that's being given, but there is no VAR, and suddenly we were a bit annoyed at it. Like, but, I mean, Rob Jones, once again, we're talking about a referee getting getting wowed by a home crowd. It's, it's, it's unbelievable how often this happens. And I mean, it's not just a referee, it's his assistants as well. I mean, Leon Bailey got a yellow card for no one caring enough about him being tripped in the first half. <laughs> like, Leon Bailey comes out of that with a yellow card. He's pushed over and he's tripped by someone's thighs right in front of the linesman. But the ref should see that himself anyway. But to give the throw-in to Middlesbrough, to give a yellow card to Bailey. And and then there was an all room of Leon Bailey at the edge of the box. He's about to pull the trigger. He's, it's one time we actually get him onto his left in a dangerous area. And he's just clattered into referee Rob Jones says, nope, not for me. And then Ramsey with the most careful tackle because it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like, apologizing. <laughs> he understands Rob Jones has given us nothing. And he just eases, <laughs> eases his foot and makes sure he doesn't touch the defender. And the ref gives the free anyway. And like, will there penalize for that? And ah, like, this is me going off on tangents now from the Moreno penalty as well. But Rob Jones, another referee, just not interested anymore in giving decisions. Rob Jones has dropped too many barbells on his forehead, Connor. I think we talked about this before. I mean, do you, do you think he's in there doing six reps of <laughs> to, to fucking give free kicks for that? Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, the, the only the only things that are wrong with VAR, the, the only things like for the avoidance of doubt, and as a massive piece of signposting, I don't think these things are small. They're massive issues. But if you're at the game. It's absolutely bollocks to be treated like a child and not be trusted to be let in on the decision-making process. And then the other side of it is, the refs are shit anyway, with or without a video. Giving them highlights, replays, slow-mos, all that highlights is that they're not very fucking good. Mm. And 
And that second one obviously compounds the first one as well, then because we're waiting for fucking minutes for a decision to get made. Now, obviously, if you've got the capability to look at everything and to look at it from dozens of angles and whatever speed you choose, it's going to be very hard to argue the case for, can we not just look at these ones? Like, look at these ones where the guy has just tripped. Like, one replay and the VAR says, ah, Rob, that's a penalty, mate. we we can't ever get to that stage though because that would require us all to agree on what an egregious decision is what an obvious mistake is and i've met football fans before i don't i don't think we're going to get agreement from them i've been i've been i've been watching people recently i have a suspicion that we're going to find it hard to get a a consensus i just can't see it happening but it, it was it was one of the few moments in the game, annoyingly, where we actually played with the appropriate pace and directness as well. I mean, it's, it is a lovely one too. And he's in. I mean, he's in on his right foot and he's a left back, but, you know, he's in. He's in on goal and he just gets both his feet stamped on. Absolutely insane that Rob Jones couldn't see it. Yeah. And it's a fair point. You have to consider that if we think about the football community as a spectrum and you're on one end and Anthony Taylor's on the other end, how are we ever going to come to an agreement? (laughs) Let's take a breather and we're going to come back with a few WhatsApp points. Jacob Ramsey, Jacob, Jacob, Jacob Ramsey, he's back, he's getting up to speed and he's not getting paid any of these weeks because of all the fines. (laughs) All the fines he's accruing and First one was, a, I wouldn't even say it's a classic, he's inside the box and he's trying to cross it across and it goes out for a throw-in at the other side. And there was another it was a, like, there was another cross that you weren't sure if he was shooting or crossing initially and he ended up winning a corner because the goalkeeper was flapping at it, but he deserves a fine for that as well because he just completely sliced that off his left foot. It was like a Matt Cash slash. And... Um, and then Jacob Ramsey also conceded an unnecessary corner as well. Just hacked one out of play when the ball bounced him in the box. Obviously, he's worried about what's behind him and things like that. But nobody was behind him and he still just get a proper connection on it and get rid of it. He's not the only one. John McGinn hit a corner out of play. Matt Cash. Like, Jesus Christ. Talk about these corner routines. Another corner routine that gets Matt Cash in that position for him to cross an in-swinger and it goes out of play for a goal kick. I mean, no routine is a good one that has Matt Cash crossing as the end product. Maybe we'll we'll park the Matt Cash shooting for one week because he did score and he did win the match because of it. But <laughs> John, like then the John McGinn shot, Leander Dundonker. Leander Dundonker tried to John McGinn shot and Andy Townsend... Hey, got it on target! He did. And there's something about Dundonker, Ram always sort of rooting for him to have one of those shots. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> Although Andy Townsend did say he thought, why not? And I was thinking, why not? How long have you got, Andy? I'll give you a few reasons why you shouldn't be doing that. But as we found out, it was obviously our only route to scoring tonight. Well, the fact that it was actually Matt Holland who said, why not? And we've all seen him wind up from the edge of the box before, Conan, and score for the Republic <laughs> of Ireland. That's that's probably part of the reason why he was saying that. The, 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 John, the Matt Cash shot from the or across from the corner. I was actually thinking at that stage of the game, I was actually thinking, why not have a fucking shot if that's the way you're going to be crossing the ball? Just floating it out of play, 18 foot in the air. What in the name of God was that about? Mm. What was he doing over in the left-hand corner of the box picking it up anyway? If it wasn't to have a shot, that's what we want. Matt Cash at the edge of the box for a kind of noise that we've seen him score once off somebody's arse. 
poor Matt Cash, I'm going to come back to him for the first WhatsApp wins here. The <laughs> Villa players getting done on the byline is going to give me a heart attack someday. Matt Cash focusing more on keeping his hands behind his back. The only there's only one way for the player to go for for the Middlesbrough player to go in that position. Like so, so what one of two things can happen? He's either going to cross into you or cross it really near the keeper, and Emmy Martinez will probably win it. Or they have to cut back inside. Like you don't need to follow their shimmy off the pitch. And we're seeing so many Aston Villa players try to block somebody out of play across the byline as they cut back inside. Yeah, that was really, really bad. He, he did quite well to recover from it, to be fair, when he gets his foot on it, um, gets his left foot on it because he's he is very athletic and he'll he'll get there. But he's far too easily rinsed there. I mean, he's a fucking fullback in the box. It, it can't be that easy. And this thing about putting your hands behind your back, I need to talk to a defensive coach. Who has put this into people's heads? You're not going to get concede a penalty because your hands are down by your side. Yeah. You need to go behind your back. Come on. So weird. It's so weird. The one time you need to be absolutely razor sharp, you know, and they've just taken their hands out of their anatomy, their biomechanics, they're no longer using them. The yeah, sp- they can't balance themselves. They're getting skinned by a championship left winger. <laughs> the second WhatsApp wins. Do you think Longley and Carrick are related? <laughs> <laughs> they look similar, same sort of hair, same same sort of facial hair. Carrick's got a bit more going on. It's the same color, same average build, same sort of... I don't want to say uninterested, but that, that type of almost bemused character to be running around a football pitch, you know, to do remind me of each other. Running around the football pitch looking for somebody better to give the ball to. Yeah, that yeah, is exactly. the main similarity, I'd say. Third WhatsApp wins. What's the crack with a 12 minute halftime break? <laughs> and if, if I knew it was 12 minutes, great. Like, brilliant. We all want to get back to the action as quickly as possible, but I have 15 minutes to do stuff factored in. And I have to tell you, I didn't think it would take me longer than 10 minutes to change bed sheets on a bed. And it did. And it took me. It took me way longer. I'd factored in. I'll do that in ten minutes. Calm down. Make a cup of tea. Be ready to go. And I am <laughs> abs- absolutely astounded that you were standing next to your bed, fresh sheets on that bed, having watched that first half, and you didn't just crawl into it. <laughs> well, anyway, it took me fifteen minutes just to get them. Came back without the cup of tea, and there was over three minutes gone in the second half. Like, like I'm saying, 12 minute half time break. That's them going into the tunnel and coming back out and getting started. And how many, how many mad cash balls are going out to play by that stage as well? How long does it take you to do bitches? <laughs> I don't know, but I'll, I'll time it the next time and I'll let all our listeners know. <laughs> the last WhatsApp wins. <laughs> Why is there a cameraman floating above the stadium? <laughs> I don't know if anybody noticed this because it cut to the shot for about five seconds. I think Villa had a corner down that left hand side, and suddenly there was somebody, there was somebody recording the top of the roof, but they were further up. That wasn't like a helicopter shot because they were just above the roof and they weren't getting the whole pitch into it. It wasn't moving. It was just somebody trying to get a shot of the corner from above the stadium. It was fucking bonkers. I didn't see it. We're going to have to assume it was a lost drone and the only way they could think of figuring out where it was was by putting it onto the TV. Like, oh, I know that. That's the, that's the North West Ham. 
Okay, let's leave it there. If you do know how long it takes you to change your bed sheets, double bed sheets, <laughs> do get in touch with us on, on the social channels, the Villa Podcast. You'll find us there or on email, thevillapodcast at gmail.com. Thanks very much. We'll take a break and we'll see you after this. All these. Right, get over it. It's Aston Villa FC, not Jack Grealish FC. Get a fucking grip. <laughs> Somebody called me a wanker. Let us mourn. Somebody called me a freak. We've just gotten the news. It's devastating. We're upset. Somebody reported me to the Villa podcast on Twitter. (laughs) Did these people turn up to funerals or wakes saying, come on, get over it. It's the Doherty family, not the great Auntie Margaret family. It's time to find out what Uncle Jimmy's really made of. (laughs) Time for Auntie Barbara to step up. (laughs) Fucking psychopaths, let me mourn. I'll rally around the Doherty family. I want them to do well. I want them to succeed, but I'm fucking devastated. It's not going to be the same without Margaret. R.I.P. Auntie Margaret. I'm going to start with a Peter Enkelman What the Fuck award. And I don't know who is really to blame here. I've got three people involved in this incident. Kanza, Martinez, and Kamara. And I think Kamara might be to blame. This is when Latte Lath has come on and he gets in behind. Kanza's sort of got the situation under control, even though he's in behind anyway. And then Martinez goes down because Kanza eventually gets his body in the way, lets the ball sit there for Martinez. Martinez goes down and I think Kamara takes it away from him. And then Martinez is flapping around on the ground with an open net behind him. The ball, I don't know where it is now because Kamara and Martinez are blocking it from the camera above the roof. And (laughs) (laughs) all the while, Kanza is keeping it under control because he's just holding off Latte Lath. He doesn't look happy about it afterwards, but he's holding them off the whole time until they eventually figure it out. And finally, Martinez gets his hands on the ball. I think Kanza was very, very clever there. He eventually just sat down on him as well just to make sure he wasn't able to move (laughs) any part of his body to knock it into that empty net. So bizarre. Having a clue what happened there. We didn't get a replay of it. Of course we didn't. The fucking cameras running around the stanchions. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been a stadium tour because you can do some of these rooftop stadiums. <laughs> the Paul Merson. Ah, oh, that's just filthy award. I've got two nominations. One of them is Kamara. Lovely sliding interception on the right wing. And he stands up as he's... Oh, it's like he stands up in the same movement as he slides across to cut out the ball. And... In that same movement that he's standing up, he's also moving the ball on. It's Kanza-esque. It's, oh, it's good to see Kamara back, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you could also, you've skipped past pretty quickly there to what the fuck award. Kamara could definitely be nominated for losing the ball in the halfway line and giving Borough their first shot on target, I think. I mean, he was just standing on the ball looking for an out pass. Like, move the ball, man. Like, I know sometimes it's, it's caught under your feet. But a lot of the time, it's just caught between your cerebral cortex and your limbic system. <laughs> Fucking move the pass. Don't overthink this. Just push it back to your goalkeeper. <laughs> but you like the interception. <laughs> lovely, lovely interception, Con. Absolutely class. And it was contest. And I can't think of a higher compliment to pay somebody. Well, speaking of which, I think I'm going to give this the winner for the Paul Merson. That's just filthy award. It's Esri Konza. And it was late in the game. And it's per Latte Lath again. And Kanza goes to go up for a header. And then he just pulls back, steps back. Latte Lath goes up for the header. Nobody's with him. He misses the ball. 
Kanza lets it bounce and collects it at the other side of him. It's like, why do we, why do we not see this more? Centre-backs <laughs> are so in control of these situations. Once you go up, the forward feels like he's got an obligation now to go up as well. And all he's trying to do is flick the crown of his head on it. Even if he gets it, he's going to flick it on to you because you step back. So just pretend they go up. And most of the time he'll miss it because he's banking that you're right up his arse. You're going to climb all over the top of him. And Kanza was doing none of that. Kanza was stepping back and let the ball bounce over the forward's head and collected it at his feet. Kanza's playing at a different level to all their footballers this year. He's, he's too clever for them. He's absolutely brilliant. And like, despite all his physical attributes as well, a lot of the reason Kanza is getting the ball, doing those things that were you know, calling Kanza-esque is because he's just reading situations. He just knows where the guy wants to go. He knows where the ball has to go for that to happen. And then he's just walking out of the fence with the ball because he's clever and the forwards he's playing against. It's brilliant. Mm. Well, that also brings me on neatly to the ULEC Glen Whelan take a 90th minute penalty award because I only got one bugbear really because I'm happy we got this win. It's a cup match. Survive, advance, let's move on. But the one thing that I am keeping an eye on, and I mentioned it last week, is these yellow cards for dissent. Now, I feel sympathy for Bailey because he was fouled. I feel sympathy for Konza because, once again, Rob Jones is acting a prick. But we can't be running around accumulating all these yellow cards for just giving out to the ref. We know what's going to happen. Yeah, and Konza shouldn't be getting himself booked just because Kamara was dicking around. He shouldn't be giving out to the ref for that. The Kamara wasn't fouled. Kamara was dicking around and lost the ball. Konza needs to give out to Kamara for that, <laughs> not to the referee. Control, control your anger and put it in the right direction. Tell Kamara to give you the fucking ball and to give it to you quicker. Is Zaniolo going to get a yellow card every time he comes on as well? Is, is this... <laughs> He's not going to get a fucking goal every time he comes on anyway. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? We're actually... This is not planned out, but we are teeing up all these next award categories very well. So let's go on to the Ronnie Rosenthal Award. And <laughs> I don't think I don't think we have any Rosenthal esque chances really today. <laughs> that, that, that doesn't normally stop you. <laughs> it was not as bad as that. But we'll go through the chances we had anyway. So John Duran spanked one from out wide. Ramsey right, Ramsey was too quick to lay it off. He's too quick to lay those balls off recently to boys in worse positions than him. You know, Ramsey's driving through the centre. Somebody's made a run to the left, and I, all we're thinking is, great, now Ramsey's got space to go on to his right. Like, Ramsey's got somebody to his left that's going to draw a defender. Can he get on to his right and curl it? And he's rolling out to John Duran, who's much wider, and John Duran's obviously going to shoot as well. Like, the only person more sure to shoot from a bad position than Matt Cash is John Duran. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I initially I thought Ramsey needs to carry that further himself as well. Then I saw the replay. There's actually two men on Ramsey's right foot. There's only one man marking marking Duran. I thought it was probably wasn't a bad idea, but it was poorly executed. I mean, it is annoying to see Ramsey gallop with a ball like that and then push the man too far wide. But but he does make himself available for the cross again. You know, Duran doesn't need to shoot. It's not a, like if that's if that's Watkins, the ball's coming back in towards Ramsey for him to sky it inside the six yard box again, probably. <laughs> but like Duran having a shot from there. I mean, you're not going to beat Tottenham Hotspur Academy graduate Tom Glover from that angle. <laughs> there was a nice one too of Marino and Ramsey's lovely weighted ball from Ramsey back to Marino. Cross went over everybody. Matt Cash's eyes lit up. And he just, <laughs> just lashed one into the legs. Couldn't wait to do that. And then the Donker had a header actually close enough. Duran at the edge of the box took a decent shot. In fairness, he, he was wide again, but he, he hit it early. And 
it's, it's a decent save from our boy Tom Glover, to be fair. Yeah, the cash one, I think it's lovely from Ramsey and Moreno again. This got me really start, start, excited at the start of the match because I'd forgotten about the Ramsey and Moreno axes. Fuck yeah. me, these lads love nothing more than a one-two that nobody else in the pitch can get to except for either Ramsey or Moreno. <laughs> it's not the best cross in the end. Like I know hanging it up for Big Bailey to go after is never a bad idea, <laughs> but it is too high. And Matt Cash doesn't connect with it how he would have liked. And that gives it a chance of going in. But then Donker Header, you have to keep that down, man. I mean, this is your chance of getting into the team. You score from a set piece against Man United. Make this your thing. Like, you think you're going to play yourself into the team with your ball playing yeah. skills? You'd have to get onto the ball for a fucking start. And, and I'm being torn between wanting Leander Den Donker to hear this next bit because it'll either it'll either crush his confidence more or it's something he needs to hear, Conan. Stop hiding. Stop making yourself unavailable to receive the ball. Mm. The amount of times this lad just needs to take half a step to open up an angle for his teammates is fucking criminal. But he just insists on standing behind some non-entity for Middlesbrough. Yeah. And then the, the Duran strength, why the fuck not? Like, if you strike the ball as cleanly as Duran, get the shot away before you're sent away on loan. <laughs> but, like, you know... I, I think you're right. Tottenham Hotspur Academy graduate Tom Glover does well to get down to it and get his wrist on the ball. Martinez had to make a save as well on Rogers from the edge of the box. And then John Duran. And speaking of making something your thing, John Duran takes a terrible air shot, but it was from a mad cash long throw. We got a mad cash long throw. And I was thinking, <laughs> this could be a thing again. It was, it was never a thing. We never got a long throw, really. But we got, we got attempts, <laughs> attempts of a long throw. And this one went the whole way, bouncing over the top to John Duran, who missed the ball. It was awful. It was strange. Yeah, really, really weird. Not only that... Matt Cash was allowed to attempt a long throw in again, but whatever it was, John Duran was attempting to do there. A really, really difficult skill as well, but Jesus Christ, did he make it look a lot more difficult than it actually is. I think Middlesbrough should have scored, to be honest, with a breakaway in the first half. It was Bangura went down the left, and he swung it in, and Coburn just missed the ball, and, and Jones got it on the far side and had, had a bad shot wide. And it all just started... This 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 works sometimes, you know, when you draw people in who think they're about to win the ball, and it felt like we had won the ball three or four times. It was Ramsey and Kamara and McGinn, and then, but we just never had control of the ball, and then McGinn just eventually got stepped around, and all the space opened up, and uh, yeah, he went down the left, swung it in, and Coburn missed the ball. Like, Martinez was falling back into his net, expecting the ball to be going in there as well, and it just never even got a shot off. Yeah, really strange for Martinez to attempt an Aura Nealian type save, to be honest. <laughs> what he was doing so far in these own goals. And then all these corners in the second half. Like, such a mixed bag. So we're talking about two from Matt Cash going straight out of play. Like, there, there was one where we also swung in and two boys were offside, which is not good. But then, in fairness to Austin McPhee, Kanza gets one off the post. I mean, this, this was almost redemption all around. It was Austin McPhee redemption. I was slagging him just last week for playing with his figurines, but we would have gotten another set-piece goal here. I'm not counting the Matt Cash one as a set-piece goal, although McPhee will. And and, and Konza. Konza, imagine Konza scoring. Imagine that. And then, and then John McGinn had a shot. Moreno at the back post. It was That was like Matt Cash almost, the way he, he did that. So these corners were threatening for us, and we did score from a corner in the end. Yeah, Moreno hit his volley too well, I'd say, Conan. The, 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 the John McGinn one, it's so simple. It's a corner to the corner of the box. 
Ramsey feigns across and then rolls it to the edge of the box. And that's a really decent effort from McGinn. Tottenham Hotspur Academy graduate Tom Glover does well to get across to it. But Matt Holland must be fucking microdosing. He was talking about this save for the rest of the match. Like, you know, it pulls it right out of the top corner. It's nowhere near the top corner, unfortunately. Yeah. It's about a yard from the top corner. The the cons ahead are, what can you say? It's a good corner, good header. Austin McPhee won't be happy. Not with a miss. He'll be delighted we didn't score like, because it was just a normal cross into the box. <laughs> he, he, won't be happy. he won't be happy about just swinging one in there, big centre half. <laughs> oh, and then Moreno pulls one back and Diaby misses the ball. Just <laughs> just when you think, just when you think it's not going to happen every second week. It is. It is going to happen every second week. A Villa player is going to get a big chance seven yards out, and they're going to miss the ball. <laughs> yeah, the, the the cross from Cash is too deep. Marino does really well to make something of it, and then the ball just disappeared from Diaby as quickly as his form did this season. I mean, what the fuck is that, mate? It's like, the ball can't just go through your body. That's it's pathetic. It's bad. The last one is probably the most heartbreaking one. It's Zaniolo. It's the touch, it's like Bailey's still out there on the right-hand side. It touches gorgeous <laughs> just to trap it on his left, but move it out as he's, as he's coming into the ball. And he let him come in on his left, and he says, thanks very much. And he just whips one. And even Tom Glover can't even get close to it. And <laughs> it's so close to going in. And it's not even like Zaniolo deserves this. It's, I deserve it. I deserve, <laughs> I deserve a Zaniolo screamer. Like I, I just, I, I, I do. Have, uh, I deserve that in my life, and I want that in my life, and I think I love it when it happens. That, that was probably the only other moment, other than the goal, that got me moving off my seat. Was that shot? I thought it was going in. It was an incredible first touch. Yeah, Leon Bailey esque. I mean, my what a compliment! And it is. It's a great effort. How quickly he shifts his eyes, feet. How quickly he punishes him for letting him do that as well. And he was doing a lot of little shimmying on the ball tonight, a lot of quick movement to the ball. I know, he, I know he's not exactly adverse to that, but he was loving that tonight. And maybe that's why he loves being on the right wing, because he's so desperate to get on to that, that magical left foot of his. I, I foresee, I foresee Zaniolo winding up Sean Dyche at Goodison Park. <laughs> I can see him trying one too many nutmegs. I can see him being a bit too in people's faces, a couple of rough challenges. Sean Dyche is not going to like the cut of Zaniolo's jib, and Zaniolo's not going to just walk away meekly from that confrontation. He's going to love it as well. Something's going to happen between those two, mark my words. <laughs> the Vima meter going up Zaniolo because now I'm excited for this effort, Mark. <laughs> I wanted to put, put the donker up, but you're right about like it's It's just... You can't. Like, it is the trait I hate most in football, and it actually is the quote I love most in football. Like, so the trait I hate most is people not showing for the ball, and the quote I love most, and this, I'm not joking. It's from Tim Sherwood <laughs> when he was in charge of Villa. He told an anecdote. Was it? Would he have been teammates with David Barry? I think it was David Barry. And they, when they were at Blackburn, and I really hope David Baddy was at Blackburn now, but I'm sure he was. I, I can't believe this isn't the first time I've heard this time, Sherwood. Sorry, go on. And, I, go on. <laughs> and, and, and the names are being read out, and Tim Sherwood's name is called out, and all the Blackburn fans booed. And David Baddy was like, Jesus, like, how, 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 do you, how are you going to play with that? Like, how do you even put up with that? And Tim Sherwood said to him, I'm going to give the ball away more times than you're going to look for it today. <laughs> <laughs> what a teammate. 
now that I say it out loud, it doesn't sound as good, but I know exactly what he meant by it. There was just the, the bravery to go and continue to make the mistake and to go and keep trying to make something happen as well because nobody's going to get anything from you just shrinking because you, you're only it's only going to be worse for your teammates if you don't show for the ball, even if you make less mistakes. The mistake is not shown for your teammate because somebody else is going to make the mistake. And the, yeah. when the dunker got the ball, and I know he's playing a championship team, but he was well able, like he was like for against these boys, he was well able to dribble away. He was stronger. He's obviously well, like, well able. He done one little shuffle from his left to his right, past some numpty who was running full speed at a professional footballer. Fuck me. <laughs> but this is what I mean. He was playing against these numpties. He was like, he was like, he's played at much more higher tempo games for Belgium, for Villa, for Wolves. So he, he's. He, he can do that shuffle. He can shield the ball, but there's so many times. There's, see, when it looks really bad sometimes is when he's got space, but he doesn't realize because he's too he's too panicked. He's not looking around. Yeah. And he's just trying to, he's just trying to drag the ball out of his feet when there's nobody near him. He can just take the touch and he plays a pass behind Moreno or something who's, who's as he's going back to get it, is looking at him thinking, why, why have you done that? Like I was, I was running down the left. But... And then- yeah. I to go on, sorry, go on. No, it's like that's the reason he's going down. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that is the most frustrating thing about him, probably. It's the fact that he's a centre midfielder who persistently plays the ball to the stand and to the, you know, the, the foot yeah. that's behind on the run. Always, always, always he's breaking the momentum of a guy who should be away, but now he can't. But now he has to come back inside. Now he has to shuffle the ball back to fucking Leander down bonker. And I know a lot of the times where he's where he's moving up the pitch, he is getting into position. He's getting into the structure that the team's being told to get into. But sometimes you have to see that the passing angle is blocked off and you can't just aimlessly walk towards the centre circle where you're supposed to be. You have to step at least a yard either side to make yourself available for a fucking pass. Yeah. In the spirit of Vyman, I'm going to put... Jacob Ramsey up as well. I know like his performances of late have been divisive. Everybody understands that he's coming back from injury as well. Even today then. It's like this is literally the Tim Sherwood example there as well. Like there's a lot of times where he's giving the ball away or he's fallen over or just sometimes look it just looks a bit too passive sometimes on the ball, you know, where he lets somebody just run in front of him. He's not he's not doing enough just to keep the ball. He's just, sometimes he runs down into a dead end and it's like he's happy to to lose it or see it go to play down for a goal kick or down for a throw in so that was annoying but he's, he's creating so much more chances now as well the last few games and he's growing into it he's getting fitter and he's showing for the ball and like now he's getting a bit more confident but like just to pull the opposite of the knocker there where he you can see him going into these number 10 positions spinning and shouting for it and when they're not giving it to him you can see he's, he's sort of gesturing to say like come on just play it to my feet it's fine so that's good to see and it's it's good to see that effort somebody in real time trying to work their way back up to where they can be. Yeah, absolutely. There was there was one where he, yeah, I think he just underestimated the speed of the fullback and just ran out of play behind the fullback. Just ran, the ball was in between, it was, it was the other side of the fullback and he just ran towards it with the fullback. Mental. And there was one where he was took a pass, two players on your wing, you think, oh, that's brilliant, we're out of that tight situation now. And then he just tried to knock it past the third man and there was actually another defender in front of the third <laughs> man as well. It's like, what are you doing, Jacob? You're better than this. But the amount of times Jacob Ramsey get, that's why the corner thing was so strange as well. Of all the players you want the ball to fall to in the box from a corner, it's Jacob Ramsey because he's normally so calm. And he was later on for a corner where he just got it down, played it to Dunker, played it to McGinn, I think it was, and then they were out. And I think that 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 little bit of 
assuredness that Jacob Ramsey brings to the team, brings to that side of the pitch, is just so relieving. Whenever you see him get on the ball, he nearly always picks the right pass, and he nearly is always trying to trying to do something progressive with the ball. I think Kanza has to go up because I don't know if he's had a break at all this season. I don't know what he has to do to get a break. He obviously doesn't want one. I know he obviously doesn't need one, but it's just fascinating that it's just always Kanza. Kanza no matter what, and then everybody else. Yeah, it is like yeah, he has to he has to go up just for that alone, and just because he defended so well, you're never ever worried. Particularly at games at this level, when it's just Kanza as the last man back, you just think he's going to win the ball. I'm putting Tom Glover up for bouncing back from the Tottenham Hotspur Academy, but also, <laughs> but also for the greatest goalkeeper volley I've ever seen, just in the first half, long ball from Villa, and and instead of just stepping back and letting it bounce into his hands in the box, he's outside the box. And he just put his laces through it, but but so often I've seen that go wrong. I've seen someone slice it, or they just haven't caught it, or they missed the ball. And Jacob Ramsey, for example, from that corner. <laughs> exactly. But he put his foot through it and it went right back down the other end. And I was like, wow, that's as clean a volley I've ever seen a goalkeeper hit. Well, I'm putting the graphics man for Premier Sports 2 down to Tottenham Hotspur Academy graduate. Why is that coming up? I've never seen anything like this. Spurs have spent an absolute fortune on hype men and they've infiltrated every media outlet in the fucking country. It's absolutely insane. Why Why was that coming up in the graphic before the match? Why does that matter? It's fucking irrelevant. He's never played for them. Who cares what academy he failed to come through in? I don't know, why is the Spurs, Tottenham Hotspurs Academy a thing? Like Harry Kane, who was the last top-class player apart from that? Probably fucking Sol Campbell. There certainly wasn't Harry Winks, is that who we're fucking harking back to here? Kyle Walker-Peters, all these great names from the Spurs Academy. Why is this being promoted as a thing? Being promoted as a thing because Spurs have infiltrated every media outlet in the country. <laughs> God, it has to be it. It has to be it. Why are we inundated with Spurs as if they're a top team? <laughs> Yeah, I've got no notes on that one to be honest. Like that's it's, it's bang on. It's it's fascinating to see. It was everybody had a laugh when they saw Spurs as one of the six teams for the Super League breakaway. But but I don't think a lot of lovely people, stadium, Conor. Lovely, yeah, lovely stadium. St- that's what it is. I, agree. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people in the media see it the same way that everybody else in football see it. I think that the London element is part of it. It's 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 a big club in London. It's got a lovely, amazing stadium like that. Don't underestimate that. Like I, I even have that in Ireland when you're going around grounds here. Like people enjoy going to nicer grounds. Like it's just it's, it's obviously a thing. You get a nicer spread, it's a nicer experience, you're warmer, especially in these January days going down to Spurs. <laughs> and then there's also people know people know the guy at the head of the operation in Spurs as well, which people don't in a lot of other clubs. Daniel Levy is a face that is recognizable, and Daniel Re- Levy's shrewdness just gives these people another angle they talk about often I, i'm saying shrewdness like I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't mean that obviously but that idea of actually talking about that and, and storylines emerging from that spurs it's actually fascinating they, they, in fairness to them they, they could should be it should be taught to marketing companies and pr agencies is, everywhere it's like how can you build a brand on sand i <laughs> I actually think it. I think you're right. I think you've hit the you've hit the nail in the head there. It is, it's your pals in the media are just more comfortable in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. That's what it is. It's just nicer for them. Yeah. So you can sit there with their laptops and a nice, probably heated seat up in the stand. Lovely bit of nosh in the underneath the stand. Like that's definitely what it is. You're right. I I forgot about 
I forgot about your pals in the media. It's nothing to do with Tottenham Hotspurs infiltrating it. It's just your pals in the media are having a com- more comfortable time now. <laughs> All right, that's it. We'll take a break there. We'll pace ourselves. We'll keep our legs fresh as well, like Dougie Louise's for the Everton match and for the confrontation between Zaniolo and Jean Dyche coming next Sunday. Uh, do get in touch if you want to. Always good to hear from you. Thanks again for sharing everything on. Thanks again for listening. Happy New Year. Is this our first podcast in the new year? I think it is. Happy 2024. Any resolutions, Liam? It probably shouldn't have been our uh, first one, but somebody was at a wedding. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. We did. Oh, yeah. We already we already did all this. We wished everybody Happy New Year. <laughs> I'll be fucking damned if we're going to wish them another Happy New Year, Connor. <laughs> we're in the thick of it now. We're in FA Cup. We're back to fucking porridge. And we'll see you on Sunday. <laughs> all the best. Yeah, we'll